Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of coarctation of the aorta from the cardiovascular section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A four-year-old girl presents to her pediatrician's office for a well-child visit. She and her parents report no concerns except for occasional headaches. During evaluation of her vital signs, her lower extremity systolic blood pressure is found to be more than 20 millimeters of mercury less than her upper extremity systolic blood pressure. This is a case of coarctation of the aorta. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about this topic. In terms of a clinical definition, coarctation of the aorta is narrowing of the aorta causing hypertension in the upper extremities relative to the lower extremities. This can be of the postductal type and of the preductal type. The postductal type is also known as the adult type. It involves narrowing that occurs distal to the ductus arteriosum. The preductal type is called the infantile type. This is narrowing that occurs proximal to the ductus arteriosum. Let's now discuss the epidemiology and demographics about coarctation of the aorta. In terms of the demographics, it is more common in males than in females. Coarctation of the aorta accounts for less than 10% of all congenital heart defects. In terms of location, it is located in the aorta. With respect to risk factors, family history is the main risk factor. Relative to the pathogenesis of coarctation of the aorta, it involves a mechanism of coarctation that is unknown but thought to be due to decreased blood flow across the aorta in utero, which can lead to defects in the aorta. It is also thought to be due to ectopic ductal tissue in the aorta, which can cause the aorta to be pulled inwards into a coarctation. Because of the aortic narrowing, there is hypertension in the upper extremities, which causes the pulse to be delayed in the lower extremities. There is a collateral circulation that causes the intercostal arteries to enlarge. These arteries then erode the ribs, causing a notched appearance on radiography. With respect to associated conditions, the three main associated conditions of coarctation of the aorta are Turner syndrome, bicuspid aortic valve, and Williams syndrome. With respect to the prognosis, some patients may present early in life, but others may remain asymptomatic until adulthood. Infants may be asymptomatic until the ductus arteriosus closes. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation, including symptoms and physical exam findings of coarctation of the aorta. Symptoms include headache, shortness of breath with exertion, exercise intolerance, fatigue, and poor feeding in infants. Physical exam findings include a cardiac exam that reveals a harsh systolic murmur along the left sternal border, and the patient may also have a systolic murmur along the left and right side of the chest with thrills. Note that this is from the collateral circulation over time. In terms of pulses, femoral pulses would be weaker than the brachial pulses. You would also notice bounding pulses in the upper extremities and carotids there would be a delay in the femoral pulse compared to the radial pulse. Another physical exam finding that you would notice is differential cyanosis, which is cyanotic lower extremities. You would also notice hypertension in the upper extremities, whereby the systolic blood pressure in the arms are greater than 20 millimeters of mercury higher than the legs. You would also notice underdeveloped legs compared with arms. 
Let's now talk about diagnostic imaging modalities used to diagnose coarctation of the aorta. Radiography is indicated to rule out any pulmonary pathologies. In terms of views, the main view that is indicated in radiography is the chest view. Findings on chest radiography would include rib notching on the inferior surface due to collateral circulation through the intercostals, cardiomegaly, and increased pulmonary markings. Echocardiography is indicated and performed as a diagnostic test, and it is most specific. Findings on echocardiography would be visualized coarctation of the aorta. Let's now talk about other diagnostic studies used to diagnose coarctation of the aorta. Electrocardiogram findings would be left ventricular hypertrophy. In terms of making the diagnosis, the diagnosis is based on clinical presentation and echocardiography. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential to keep in mind here would be tetralogy of Fallot. The distinguishing factor for tetralogy of Fallot are tet spells or cyanosis that are resolved when the patient is placed in a knee chest position. Let's now talk about the treatment of coarctation of the aorta. Medical treatment involves the use of prostaglandin E1 and diuretics. Prostaglandin E1 is indicated in neonates with coarctation of the aorta. With respect to the mechanism of action, it maintains a patent ductus arteriosus for adequate lower extremity perfusion. And diuretics are indicated for heart failure. Operative treatment involves surgical or transcatheter repair. It is indicated in adults and neonates after stabilization of heart failure or shock. It is also indicated in children with hypertension. Modalities include balloon angioplasty and stent placement. In terms of complications, the main complications of coarctation of the aorta include heart failure, systemic hypertension, berry aneurysms leading to cerebral hemorrhage, aortic rupture, and endocarditis. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a newborn infant comes to the attention of the neonatal care unit because he started having heavy and rapid breathing. In addition, he was found to be very irritable with pale skin and profuse sweating. Finally, he was found to have cold feet with diminished lower extremity pulses. Cardiac auscultation reveals a harsh systolic murmur along the left sternal border. Notably, the patient is not observed to have cyanosis. Which of the following treatments would most likely be effective for this patient's condition? 1. Leukotriene E4 2. Prostaglandin D2 3. Prostaglandin E1 4. Prostaglandin I2 or 5. Thromboxane A2. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, prostaglandin E1. This non-cyanotic patient with cold feet, diminished pulses, and a harsh systolic murmur most likely has coarctation of the aorta, which can be treated with prostaglandin E1 to maintain a patent ductus arteriosus. Remember, coarctation of the aorta is a narrowing of the aorta that usually occurs proximal to the ductus arteriosus in infants. Since infants are not able to communicate their symptoms, common findings that should be noted are irritability, pale skin, profuse sweating, cold feet, and diminished pulses. 
Cardiac auscultation will reveal a harsh systolic murmur along the left sternal border where blood flows past the obstruction. Infants with this disorder should be given prostaglandin E1 to maintain patency of the ductus arteriosus prior to surgical repair. Prostaglandin E2 also helps keep the ductus arteriosus open, but it is not used as commonly as prostaglandin E1 for this indication. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, leukotriene E4 is a bronchoconstrictor that is inhibited by asthma drugs such as Montelukast. It would not be involved in coarctation of the aorta. Answer choice 2, prostaglandin D2 is produced by mast cells. It recruits Th2 cells, eosinophils, and basophils, and is involved in the development of allergic diseases. Answer choice 4, prostaglandin I2 decreases platelet aggregation and also causes vasodilation. Epoprostanol is an analog of this mediator. And finally, answer choice 5, thromboxane A2 leads to increased platelet aggregation and vasoconstriction. In summary, prostaglandin E1 can be administered to infants with coarctation of the aorta to maintain a patent ductus arteriosus. Next question. A five-year-old girl presents to the physician with increased muscle cramping in her lower extremities after walking extended distances. The young girl is in the 10th percentile for height. Her past medical history is notable only for a cystic hygroma detected shortly after birth. Which of the following findings is most likely in this patient? 1. Decreased blood pressure in the upper and lower extremities. 2. Bar bodies on buccal smear. 3. Endocardial cushion defect. 4. Inferior erosion of the ribs. Or 5. Apparent hypertrophy of the calves. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4 inferior erosion of the ribs. This patient is suffering from an aortic coarctation which is associated with Turner syndrome. Remember, aortic coarctation is a congenital condition that is most often found when the aorta narrows in the region where the ductus arteriosus inserts. The narrowing creates a blood flow or pressure gradient resulting in a decrease in blood flow or pressure to the lower extremities. The vascular system compensates by increasing flow through other vessels, including the subclavian and intercostal arteries, thus leading to notching of the ribs or erosions from the vasculature. Similar to aortic stenosis, due to the narrowing, the left ventricle must generate significantly higher pressures to generate blood flow through the peripheral circulation. In the long term, this can result in structural changes to the heart. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1 is incorrect because in general, in coarctation associated with Turner syndrome, there is an increase in blood pressure in the upper extremities and a decrease in the lower extremities, thus making the ankle brachial index a useful test. Answer choice 2, bar bodies, is incorrect. Though bar bodies are not a sensitive or specific test, one would expect to see an absence of bar bodies or condensed X chromosome. Answer choice 3, endocardial cushion defect is incorrect. An endocardial cushion defect is due to defective neural crest cell migration and is seen commonly in Down syndrome. And finally, answer choice 5, apparent hypertrophy of the calves is incorrect because atrophy of the lower extremities could be seen in aortic coarctation. In contrast, pseudohypertrophy of the calves would be seen in Duchenne's muscular dystrophy.
And that's all for this review about coarctation of the aorta. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.